Hey, Slags! <laughs> okay, What's up, we're queens? recording this at the end, by the way. Yeah, so this, is the, this is the bitter end, by the way, <laughs> of our million-hour drink record marathon. But what's up? We're happy to bring you a great Christmas episode where we divulge into the traditions of Christmas. And... If you want to find more episodes, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash slag radio. You can also find us on Spotify now, too, under the subscription tab. Five bucks a month, you get a lot. We have four bonus episodes. We've got four bonus apps, bonus content. If you want to interact with us even more personally than you already can, you can get involved. We'd love to see you there. But also, if you're not feeling it, yeah. that's also fine. That's you can cool. leave us a review, five stars, please. Yeah, please at least give us a Give us a star. little rating. Also, whatever you, you want. know what else is free? What? Emailing us. Slagradiopod <laughs> at gmail.com. We refresh that email inbox every fucking day, multiple times a day. And we're looking for you. I'm just hitting that little circle with the arrow, waiting for a lovely We're letter. just on a drip feed of attention from our email inbox. We love to see it. Lastly. Yes. If you want to get social. Where do we do that? Lastly. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Slag Radio Pod on Instagram and at Slag Radio on TikTok legendary moves without and further ado fucking without further ado enjoy this episode no ado we put our whole cramp pussy into this <laughs> so <Sinterclussy. enjoy. laughs> hi i'm stella i'm leslie and you're tuned in to slag radio hit it What's up, y'all? We've been drinking for six hours straight. <laughs> we are now on to our final episode of a marathon oh of recording. Oh, my God. Episode three of three. Um, you we guys are. will get to listen to them in reverse order from that yeah, we've recorded them. You will. Because we wanted this Christmas episode to be as debaucherous and yeah. as fun as pass, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, shall we go through the drinks we've had today? We've had <laughs> about two, almost two containers of Prosecco. Almost. I actually don't know how much is left, but I think we have to finish that also Ugh. by the end of this. I mean, we don't have martinis. to do anything. Sorry, that sounded very peer pressure <laughs> We don't actually have to. Have, we had some espresso martinis, uh, the poor man's. Oh, but the Prosecco was in the form of yeah, mimosas. a Bellini, which I Bellini. had some peach juice. So yeah. we did that with the Prosecco. And then we did some orange mango. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck that was. Orange mimosas. mango mimosa. 
Which I called samosas in the second episode. Yes. <laughs> At that point, we were a little debauched. That was getting crazy. And then we had our espresso martinis for the bonus. Yes, we did. And then we kind of just took a little break, did some more research. The vodka in the espresso martini feels like a downer. I'm yeah, not going to lie. we were getting a little sad. But maybe that was just me bringing the it vibes might, down. It might have been, but I also <laughs> think the vodka had something to do with it. But here we are. We've yeah. been researching all of the Christmas lore you could think of. So much Christmas lore. Yeah. We are coming at you with two Christmas stories that we found to be the most insane. The most compelling. Yeah. I've chosen Sinterklaas because I am Dutch. I grew up with mm-hmm. some Sinterklaas traditions. Yeah. There is some like insanely racist stuff going on in Holland and totally. a lot of Belgium and France every year. So we're going to unpack that we're today. We're going to unpack that. But as we're best also we can. insanely drunk. So yeah. I'd like to preface that Not I don't think I can make drunk. any We've like. We've been drunk for <laughs> six hours. <laughs> So it's not your usual type of yeah. We are We have about three brain cells between us. It, we are coming off of a marathon of drinking. Yeah. Almost it seems against our will, yeah. even though we've been doing this ourselves. Leslie, uh, why don't you tell them what you were up to last night? Oh my God. <laughs> so I went to a Christmas party last night. I had at least four glasses of that heated wine shit like glock gluag 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 what is it called gluag i actually don't know i'm guessing that sounds right to me you told me to say whatever it is (laughs) it is warmed wine and it with all the spices in it so fucking good sexy it takes the bite out of wine the acidity it's just like a warm tea like it tastes like hibiscus tea yeah and you're just lopping it up all night. So I had a quite a bit of that. Last so night. you were sloshing around with that. <coughs> Ooh, blessing. Christmas and blessings be upon <laughs> you. Also, shout out to all the other holidays. These yeah. are kind of like sorry to be Christian about very it, Eurocentric we're not stories. Yeah, yeah. But this is what we grew up around. So, so here know. it is. Um, but yeah, I was drunk last night off of the glug, and then Stella texted me at like. 11 and was like we're getting drunk tomorrow at 10 a.m we need like you're leaving tomorrow for england oh yeah so this is our last day to record so i realized in that moment my monday would be just gonna be crazy yeah i did text you this morning to say it's gonna be chaos and i think it has sufficiently been as chaotic i think it's been (laughs) we're finishing out our drinks we like set out a schedule for the day too that started at what 11 we were supposed to start recording this episode at three o'clock and it is now 6 15 p.m <laughs> i don't know where the three hours went. where did the time go but they went so yeah. we're still we're still doing three episodes in a day though yeah. which is crazy to me we are did you even say what you were gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about krampus yes. He is, as you know, uh, kind of... I'm not going to go into it yet. No. He is just a hairy creature who's terrifying. <laughs> and he's kind of a European thing. Not It's not like a US tradition. So No. It's been growing, though, in recent years. So it will be fun to get into. I think we're going to go over... Oh, I'm sorry. That's so bad. 
Before we get into Krampus and Sinterklaas, <laughs> we're going to go over how we grew up, what traditions we followed, because yeah. I honestly have no idea what you were up to as a little wee baby boo-boo. I kind of don't know what you were up to either. Yeah, I'm like very curious. Wild. Should I go first? Yeah, please do. Um, okay, so I mean, I grew up, it was Santa Claus for me, Santa, Santa Claus... In my mind, St. Nicholas is, like, the same thing, but it was just, like, what he was back in the day. And, you know, fat old white man with the red coat. Yeah. Personally, in my family, how we would do things is you would go to sleep Christmas Eve. Yeah. You would wake up in the morning. There would be one present by you by your bed in the morning. One single present. And it would be wrapped in a specific wrapping paper. And then that wrapping paper would be indicative of, like, your other presents in the morning. So, like, my, my presents didn't have my name on them. They just had, like, my signature wrapping paper on them. So, you get, like, a little present right when what you wake up. What in the Vermont? I think this is just, like, literally my mom and my dad. Like, really? I think... I think my dad grew up with this or my mom. It was like one of their traditions that they brought with us. No way. So like instead of writing all of our names, they just gave us a different wrapping Color coded. paper. And then in order to know what your wrapping paper was, you got like a mini gift in the morning. Wow. And then like, yeah, we, uh, we would just get a bunch of gifts and br- open them up Christmas morning. Yeah. We would have breakfast beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then like obviously i believed in santa for quite a bit probably a little longer than most yeah like probably lost my Mm. belief in like fifth grade sixth grade kind of how old is that probably 10 or 11 okay yeah 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 that's quite late babe (laughs) (laughs) it's a little late (laughs) yeah i was i was i'm like romantic you know i'm like i was looking for every way to believe like i loved the Mm. the lore and like when i was a kid here's what probably made me believe for so long right my dad gave me a fake collar like a reindeer collar that he like branded that said like prancer on it and it was like part of a radio. <laughs> he didn't even choose the star it, it, of the show. He said prance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's not, like, I'm not doing real. <laughs> but it, it wasn't even a full reindeer cuff. It was like a half of one. So it was like like it fell off, you know, while he was oh. riding. So that had me believing for a while. And Damn, then, that's like yeah. He epic. was like in it, and then he also like he, <laughs> I wrote a letter to Santa Claus as a kid, and he like wrote back to me. And like signed it, and I was like, "This is clear evidence," you know. Yeah, so yeah. it it stayed with me for a while. Mm. But like that, that's it. I mean, we were pretty. That would typical. lead me to some deep mistrust in my parents if they went that far. That's some. No, it's true. It would have developed d- distrust. But yeah. I have a younger sister, so oh. I was like, "Oh, I have to keep the secret alive oh, for her." And then I was kind of in on it, so I didn't really like hate okay, my parents okay. for it. Fair you know, enough. it's a. They give me. They give me presents. I mean, you basically realize, oh, it was my parents the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, at least, like, for me, it was, like, anxiety about money. I was like, how can they afford all these presents? Yeah. I had so much stress about that. Anyway, I want to hear what you had. Well. Did you have Sinterklaas or Santa? (laughs) (laughs) This is my biggest question. So, (laughs) I'm not really sure. Like, the first few years of my life definitely center class like i remember i had like chicken pox when i was about three or four years old and 
I vividly remember that it was on Sinterklaas and I was like in my sick bed also doing Sinterklaas, like carrying out all the traditions while also like having a fever and like crazy shit was going down. But I do remember like so vividly. So I think that like tapered off though, like around age seven or eight. Yeah. Um, Maybe a bit earlier, but I've always done Christmas too, I feel. Like, yeah. I don't really know. It's kind of hazy, but most people stop celebrating Sinterklaas when they're like eight or nine, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just made that number. I picked it out of Yeah, I picked thinner. mine but too. I think, like, it's not something you do f- for very long. Yeah. I think like I Santa. only did it till I was like I mean, six until or you can logically believe that, like, of course a man can't fly around the world and deliver presents yeah. at everybody's home. Yeah. Honestly, Sinterklaas to me is like more of a believable story. Like it does make yeah, sense. I it's I not like Sinterklaas was the you same have thing. to believe in make believe. Like there's yeah. not really that much make believe, I guess. Okay. In it. So let's get into it. Tell me about Sinterklaas. Oh, wait, can I start with a question? Yes. Is Sinterklaas the same thing as Santa Claus? We'll get into that. Okay. All right. Perfect. Strap in. Drop in. This is the law yes. of Sinterklaas. I hope you're sitting comfortably. Oh my god. Then I'll begin. Oh my god, I'm really <laughs> gonna break. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Stella got me. Or not got me. Stella made me with her gorgeous Dutch hands. This beautiful fucking thing that you hang from the wall out of pottery. And I keep <laughs> stepping on it all throughout the day. Tell me about Sinterklaas. Here we go, bitches. Forewarning, there is so much racism. Just prep your little brain for that. Not even little, huge brain, big brain. Huge brain, big brain. What a clever bean you are. Okay, Sinterklaas is a legendary figure based on this guy called Saint Nicholas, who is the patron saint of children. Um... In Dutch, there's like lots of other names for him. I guess the saint, the good saint, all these other, I don't know, it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the origins of Santa Claus. Okay, okay. He is usually the cause for celebration, I guess. I don't know. It's so weird. It's just like celebrating this like one white dude like come into town. It's kind of strange. Yeah. So yeah. the 6th of December, you like, get the gifts in the morning kind of vibe. Yeah, it's like, like it's basically Christmas Christmas, Christmas Eve. They yeah. just like kind of moved it. They're a little early though. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait, did you wake up doing it on December 6th? Yeah, I did. But then I would also have a Christmas because my dad's English. So we would so do Christmas Santa too. So Santa Claus was a Dutch thing. Yes. And Santa was a l- English thing. Yes. So interesting. Yeah. That's fun though. You get double. Double. Dub it up. Okay. Yeah. I thought Sinterklaas was only celebrated in the Netherlands, but turns out it's also done in Belgium, Luxembourg, West Germany, Northern France, and Hungary. Okay. It is also celebrated in the former colonies of the Dutch Empire. So that's Aruba and Curaçao. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The Dutch be colonizing. Okay. Is there anything that differs him from Father Christmas? We're going to get into... Okay, okay, you have a whole... This is now where all of the differences kind of come in. Okay, yeah. Like the racism and bit, I'm sure, yeah, comes in a here bit. Here we go. So Sinterklaas is 
based on this like historical figure who was around in like the year 270 <laughs> to 343. I don't know, some Greek bishop who was in- part of what is Turkey now yeah. today. He is still depicted as this old man, not large yeah. and in charge. He's just like very slim. Yeah, very stately slim. and serious. He has white hair, okay. white long beard. Mm-hmm. He wears this red cape. Okay. Um, and then in he's got it. a sort of traditional bishop vibe going. Okay, yeah. Pointy white hat, pointy robe underneath. You know what this is reminding me of? It's giving. I have a decoration oh. in my family. <laughs> yeah. Like five wi- wooden old men. Oh, and they're all different versions of Santa Claus. Ooh. So there's the traditional one, like a Muslim one. Yeah, and like they're all like really tall and skinny and ah. pointy. It's just giving. Okay, this I'm, is what I'm imagining. I'm gonna show you a pic now, yeah. just so you can like get okay. the vibe. Yeah. I feel like that. Like I would, I would love to know what the fat Santa who eats cookies comes from. I feel like that was a post-capitalist. That thing. feels very capitalist. Oh, this is looking exactly like like this in my mind is saint nicholas yeah and it's also ties into my cramp well, story yeah. yeah i mean it is yeah yeah this is what i because i know santa is the big fat ho, ho, ho. yeah but this shit right here that's saint nicholas that's basically yeah. the pope with a beard pope yeah and, and some major pope. maybe a cardinal with a red beard. pope yeah. Yeah. with a nice yeah. white long beard yeah we're into and this, it like swirly gold stick yeah, yeah. He, he's it's got those called inches a, <laughs> um so he's got all this like re- uh, religious garb mm-hmm. pointy hat ruby ring yeah gold crossier which is Ooh. a fancy word Ooh. for stick he traditionally rides a white horse which a he brings horse? with him everywhere oh, this is new to me yeah so he rides a white horse love that there's actually a really weirdly detailed part about the names of the horses on the wikipedia oh, page God. but it is actually that's when you're in a so eye-wateringly boring <laughs> <laughs> i've not included it yeah that's fine horsey horse whatever and he also carries a big red book that's like who's, the been, naughty, who's been nice oh it's his good naughty yeah, yeah, nice yeah. list okay. yeah good or naughty okay Good. Now we're gonna get into. I already know what's coming. The racism. The racism. Of it all. Yeah. So Sinterklaas typically arrives on his boat from Spain. Okay. Now oh, originally they thought he was from like the Turkey Greece yeah. area. Okay. But at some point the history now is that he comes from Spain. Okay. Um. That's how history works. Just kind of confusing. People believe that is because um Holland was occupied by the Spanish. Oh, makes sense. Makes yeah. Sense. I'm this sure it's all socio political <laughs> and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like his whole thing is he turns up on a boat from Spain. Yeah. He's like fresh out of Ibiza, baby. <laughs> 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 He's, he's, he's pushing me. Just, just exited my K-hole. I'm ready to party in the Netherlands. So fresh off a bender in Ibiza. He gets off this cruise ship. Stumbles off. Stumbles off with his baggy up his crap shoot. He's got a He's made it through ass. customs. Anyway, he's got this guy, actually sort of six to eight guys with him, called Swartepeet, which literally translates to Black Pete. 
I knew this. Yeah. I kn- I think I know it from the office. So the whole thing with Black Pete is that it is just fully blackface. Yeah. I mean, I look at photos and I'm it's like, that's just minstrel. It is face paint, big red lips, a curly wig, and gold hoop earrings. Okay. Yeah. Now, he, as a character, is believed to have first shown up in the book by an Amsterdam school teacher called Jan Schenkman that was published in 1850. Okay, okay. It kind of appears to sort of date to like around the early 19th century. So like, yeah. Basically, exactly when the Dutch were doing some really fucked up slavery shit abroad. The Dutch got away with so much, I just have to say... Yeah. Their hands are dirty. Like other European maritime nations, the Dutch were quick to involve themselves in the transatlantic slave trade. Between 1596 and 1829, the Dutch transported about half a million Africans across the Atlantic. Large numbers were taken to the small islands of Curaçao and St. Eustatius in the Caribbean. And it's not really something that I feel like they have acknowledged yeah all that much this tradition has been going for quite a while yeah until quite recently and people still get in the blackface uh-huh. every year there's like obviously people being like this is really fucked up maybe we should just not do the blackface yeah, maybe guys. some traditions aren't worth preserving yeah <laughs> yeah i mean people still do it every year so yeah. it's obviously a huge issue there are people who will counter protest and oh God, show yeah, up yeah so there's obviously people protesting yeah black pete as a concept but then there's people who are then like neo-nazis who are like counter protesting basically oh, let black pete live yeah basically wait but first does black like what is black pete's role in the lore does he help dispense gifts is he just like so yeah so his role is to hand out candy Uh to the kids okay um so they've sort of like throw it out into the crowds they kind of do this parade every year and every year they select a different port like seaport where the boat from spain is going to arrive i'm saying spain in quotes here because like it's obviously obviously. all a big farce so sorry i need to just like Wait, Black Pete really is supposed myself. to be, like, silly, right? Like, his personality yes. is supposed to be, like, kind of dumb yeah, and yeah, yeah. silly, right? Yeah, it's, like, this caricature, dumb, silly, goofy helper. And that's yeah. part of the reason why it's horribly racist. Exactly. Other than the shoe polish black on the face. Mm. Yeah, it's a really horrendous portrayal of black people. Just a sea of white people fighting each other with limited black people actually in the country. Yeah. Like, it's a mess. Yeah, it's a real mess. So he hands out uh, candy to the kids. Mm-hmm. But also in the tradition, he carries around a birch rod, which is sort of like a broom. And oh that's God. used to hit the naughty this children. This is so interesting. The birch rod yeah. shows up in so many different yeah. lores. <laughs> they love what that sweet birch? birch rod. That sweet, sweet yeah. birch. So um, Black Pete is the one dispensing the birch rod blows? I believe so, yeah. Okay, he's sort of like doing all the dirty work for Sinterklaas, oh, who's basically this <laughs> like, like hey. he's just like smiling and waving on he's this off white Molly horse. He's off of Ibiza. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, sorry. He's on that high. <laughs> I'm rolling. I can't be dealing with the kids right now. 
<laughs> swear to be like you take the mic <laughs> so um yeah there's like a whole tradition that the naughty kids get taken in sacks back to spain <laughs> <laughs> they put the kids in sacks yes like burlap sacks yes um i believe the word was jute sacks That's, that would give me an anxiety disorder if i was a child who grew up thinking i will be kidnapped in a sack yeah 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 yeah. so it's kind of changed over the years and there's all sorts of like pantomimes that go on do you have pantomimes in the u.s is pantomiming like just a mime like lip syncing no it's this I f- it feels very british actually it's like a interactive christmas show for children where the actors are like there's certain lines in the play where the kids are supposed to respond i'll give you an example the actor will say like oh no i'm not and then the whole congregation audience will go oh yes you are and like like there's all these horror pictures yeah 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 but with children yeah yeah and there's like some specific stories i've only been to one once so i'm doing a really shit job of describing it's like theater audience experience yeah Yeah, and there's music and it's all just like one big okay fest but i remember as a child seeing a lot of people in blackface oh really dancing around in these like pantomimes oh that's i never saw anything like that it's quite insane did you as a child think that's fucked up or were you just like no oh it's just theater because i was so little i was like three or four think i thought that they were black people oh you're so young yeah yeah like at that point it's just like shapes and colors you're like a blind dog (laughs) yes barely moving around (laughs) your environment yeah we never went to any parades but we went to one pantomime i remember quite vividly like okay very interesting yeah don't really understand like how they still do it every year and it like yeah. is not like, getting that much global attention <laughs> yeah it's wild. Th- like personally i thought black pete was a thing of the past like mm. maybe it faded out in the 90s yeah. probably but nope i'm hearing now that it's yeah. alive and well yeah nowadays they have white people still but they put like chimney dust on their face to be like they've come through the chimney but to me that so feels like, like glossing face, over this but you're like you're doing just a little bit of black face minor black face but and then we've changed the story a bit <laughs> that's kind of weird it's that's so, very weird yeah so there's obviously lots of controversy about it and there's all sorts there's a quote from the dutch prime minister mark rutter who said it is not green peat or brown peat <laughs> Or purple pea. It is black peat. I can only say that my friends in the Dutch Antilles, they are very happy when they have Sinterklaas because they don't have to paint their faces. And when I am playing black feet, sorry. (laughs) And when I am playing black peat, I am for days trying to get the stuff off my face. So yeah. I'm sorry, is he implying that the black people in countries that they colonize are very happy that they have representation? Mm. And he's like, well, it takes a while to get off anyway, so. Yeah, there's not, like, a lot of, like, change vibes uh, in the sort of establishment. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. 
The tradition that the children actually take part in is before going to bed, you each leave a single shoe next to the fireplace or now like in modern days, whatever, radiator or near the door. Yeah. You leave a shoe with a carrot in it or some hay or a bowl of water or all of the above for the horse. Oh, wait, this is so interesting because I randomly. Yeah. As a kid, there were a few years where we left our shoes outside and we expected to get candy in them. Oh my God. Or something like that. You've done it. You've done this into class. And it wasn't actually a tradition our parents gave. I think we were just like, oh, we just heard of this at school. Like maybe we can get more candy if we put our shoes out. So we did that. Oh, wow. But very interesting. Is that where it comes from? Must be. Yeah. Um, so you leave your shoe out and then the next day you get gifts on the 6th of December. In the shoes. In the shoes. Okay, so yeah, totally. There's like a whole bunch of really specific little treats that you get yeah. on Santa Class. So this is like shit that I remember getting. Um, you can get this thing called a bunket letter, which is a chocolate letter. Yeah. Which is your first letter of your first name. Oh, interesting. Like a little chocolate S. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Typically... You get some sweets, you get chocolate coins, you get some marzipan, you get some, I don't know, lots of sweet Like things. candy sweets. Yeah. yeah, mandarin oranges. Oh, okay. These things called paper nota, which are basically like speculose flavoring. Yes, um, yes. Little tiny walnuts, ones. Walnuts, chocolate? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about walnuts, but I read that in paste. my research. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um, and then you get gifts, of course. And then... Wait, did they put the gifts outside the shoes or do they have to sh- stuff them on the shoes? They pop them in the shoes, kind of. They, like, them leave them space. around the shoes, yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, a gift-giving ting. Just so much blackface. I wanted to end with a quote from David Sedaris. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I love him He's so great. much. Um, okay, give it to me. So this is from an essay he wrote called Six to Eight Black Men. And he's talking about discovering the tradition of Sinterklaas and Svartipi. American perspective. While eight flying reindeer are a hard pill to swallow, our Christmas story remains relatively simple. Santa lives with his wife in a remote polar village and spends one night a year traveling around the world. If you're bad, he leaves you coal. If you're good and live in America, he'll give you just about anything you want. We tell our children to be good and send them off to bed, where they lie awake, anticipating their great bounty. A Dutch parent has a decidedly hairier story to relate, (laughs) telling his children, listen, you might want to pack a few of your things together before you go to bed. The former bishop from Turkey will be coming along with six to eight black men. They might put some candy in your shoes. They might stuff you in a sack and take you to Spain. Or they might just pretend to kick you. We don't know for sure, but we want you to be prepared. That's a really good way. I think to that s- kind of sums it up. It up. <laughs> Listen, it's just you might want to pack a bag. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I think part of my disbelief in Santa eventually was because I was getting all these outlandish gifts, and I was like, "There's no way! Like Santa can't make an iPod. There's got to be copyright <laughs> on that, you know? Like Santa can't be a competitor with Apple. <laughs> like that's what led me to believe. Like there can't be a Santa Claus. How is he getting the bandwidth for all of this? <laughs> Seriously, no. and then like for us, like there was the story of like, oh well, 
how does Santa Claus like make it into all these chimneys? Mm. And I was like, oh well, he turns into dust, obviously. <laughs> like Obvi. there were always these yeah. excuses, but ultimately, when you do the math, it's like he cannot travel that fast. No, like, he there's cannot. just no way. Yeah, there's only you know Christmas spirit can only take you so far. Yep. Yep. Heading in. Yes, give me Krampus. Okay. This slide, I've made a... I have one preconceived notion about Krampus. Yeah, tell me. My roommate in freshman year was from Austria. And one day, it was like leading up to Christmas, and she's like, you know about Krampus, right? And I was like, no. (laughs) What are you talking about? And she's like, check this video. And she shows me this terrifying video of these beasts walking through Vienna and like terrorizing people. And that is literally all I know. So I actually cannot wait to I find out. I saw that video today. What is happening. And I was horrified. Literally horrified. So yeah, that would make sense that your friend was Austrian because Krampus is a central and eastern alpine folklore figure. This is... I'm about to go into my 10 slide <laughs> presentation Give me those slides. Crampop your crapusi. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Crampop your crampusi. <laughs> anyway... Um, you know what? Yeah. Krampus serves cunt. Krampus be serving cunt. However, we might not be saying the same thing at the end of this. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> he might not be Condi's lay. Oh. Um, no, like cunt in the bad way. <laughs> cunt in how it used to be meant. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So, you, you hit me. So, Krampus... Just to let you every everybody know, I've done my research only today. I've been drunk for most of the research. I did print out like a thirty page research paper on Krampus. I'm gonna be getting into that a little bit. I'm gonna do my best to like cite the sources that I got stuff from. But yeah, this is the this is me doing my best. Amazing. <laughs> let's get into it so krampus he's an anthropomorphic if, if you don't know who he is anthropomorphic dude he's like a goat man he's a <laughs> giant goat man actually with a long tongue and horns really hairy and he originates from folklore in the eastern alpine region which is mainly austria but also surrounding countries okay his main thing uh, though is like kind of dark gray fur really long tongue i don't know why his his tongue has no business being that long but it is um <laughs> his crap is called that good good Krampus does have that good good anyway his primary role though is to scare children who mis- <laughs> who misbehave so he's almost an opposite of santa claus actually and this is the crazy thing that i did not know apparently he's supposed to assist saint nicholas on the night (gasps) of december december 5th oh shit he's going around on that same night he's the one kidnapping children 
Damn. Krampus is all up in your little folklore, but yeah, he is. But I think maybe you didn't know. Um. So yeah, his his main <laughs> his main role. You were Krampus ignorant. <laughs> I was Krampus. <laughs> Krampus so his ignorant. main role is to assist Saint Nicholas in in the <coughs> pair. They visit children on the night of December fifth, and Santa gives good children gifts such as oranges, dried fruit, walnut walnuts, which is like Loki, really boring. And then <laughs> they like wear the iPods, and Krampus gives the gift of. Wait, I I wrote this. I forgot. I'm not reading an article, so this is my writing. Krampus gives the gift of beatings with birch rods. <laughs> so Krampus is using birch rods too. Wow. There's something about these Europeans hack the system on the birch twigs. rods. <laughs> So Krampus potentially has pre-Christian alpine oranges, like pagan oranges. Ooh, pagan. The origins, not oranges. In written history, Krampus dates back to a little bit before the 16th century. Okay. So that's only as far back as he goes. But apparently there are like oral traditions or Uh, something, non-written history dating back to the 6th century got you so it's possible that he's been around for a really long time but like there's no actual evidence of it and um the feast of saint nicholas it happens in europe on december 6th Mm -hmm. as you talked about so krampus happens the night before christmas eve basically (laughs) krampus is here to slay um a little note about krampus in american pop culture hit me 2015 i mean he's kind of just like a movie figure like they make horror christmas movies about him yeah there is a 2015 movie i really want to see with adam scott and tony collette okay about krampus it's called krampus that's all i have Mm. um now we get into the rabbit hole okay that i have gone down <laughs> so in your my 29 mind, page research <laughs> krampus was just kind of like the offbeat like isn't that a silly little eastern european tradition yeah as i'm researching krampus i come across an increasingly large number of articles about violence in these Krampus parades that they have (laughs) called Krampus runs where people dress up as Krampus and they beat civilians with their birch twigs. Like so much so that people end up in the hospital with brain hemorrhages. (laughs) Oh my God. Barely escaping with their life because They've attended a Krampus parade and somebody dressed up as Krampus has beaten them within the inch of their life (gasps) with a birch rod. So, I mean, that's not everyone, obviously, but I found multiple instances of people being hospitalized for their wounds after attending a, a Krampus parade, which has led me to this research paper on how Krampus is potentially like this figure amongst like like kind of an identity politic figure amongst like young white men in austria kind of like asserting their masculinity blah 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 oh blah. god so it's 
we'll get into it. Okay. But basically, basically, <laughs> let's just go through some of the news articles oh I found. Imagine so, you like take your family out for a nice evening. You're like, let's go to the Krampus Parade, you guys. Come on, Gunther. <laughs> Get your parka on. Come on, Vivian. We're going out to the Krampus. <laughs> what and is it called? The, cr- the, the Krampus parade. <laughs> the Krampus run. Oh, they got Krampus laugh. Next thing you know. Oh my- yeah, Krampus laugh. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you're just like waking up in hospital. <laughs> because <laughs> some like person dressed as a goat is like. Oh my god. It's fucking it's god. so funny. Wow. Okay, sorry. Okay, Hit anyway, me. it's not funny. It's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, we start with an article from The Independent. This article is written by Emma Henderson. Slay it's Emma. It's published in December of 2015. Okay. Title, People dressed as Austrian folklore figure Krampus injure five teenagers at pre-Christmas parade in Salzburg. Salzburg is like a city in Austria. (laughs) Um, Here's what I've gotten from the article. So these teenagers are attending a pre-Christmas event. It's the Krampus Run, Krampus Lauf, in in Salzburg. (laughs) Um, And five of the teenagers between the ages of 15 and 18 were reportedly hit on the hands and legs with whips and tree branches by groups of people dressed as Krampus. The traditional parade event, known as Brucker Krampuslauf, <laughs> is in its 18th year of, oh, wow. of happenings. Yeah. And it was attended by 2,000 people, 400 of which were dressed as Krampus. So 400 of oh? the d- almost <laughs> one in four, are dressed as a devil-horned goat who may or may not whip you to death. Uh. Quote from a father who had a child injured. My daughter now has a cast on her right hand. Both her feet are covered with welts and are swollen and bloody. Oh my so god. So basically what happens in the Krampuslauf is <laughs> <laughs> these people dress as Krampus like Get all their rage right, out. They get all of their male rage out. And they run, and usually there are crowd borders, mm. but they're usually just running amongst the crowd in this parade-like procession, and they carry twigs, and what they're supposed to do is scare people, run after them, maybe even a light touching is, like, acceptable <laughs> in the culture, but, you know, some people in recent years, are in like, the past decade, have been taking it oh way too God. far, and it divulges into this, like mass violence event sending tens of people to the er so anyway that was 2015 in salzburg now moving on to an article from the guardian an author named philip otter alterman publishes again in december 2019 an article called austria struggles with marauding krampus demons gone rogue Police record rising violence and drunkenness in relation to traditional folkloric festivities. Here are the highlights I found from that article. Okay. In Corinthia, police recorded a number of... This is a city in Austria. Police recorded a number of violent incidents this year in the run-up to the official Krampus Day on December 5th, with one person being hit in the face with a birch and an 11-year-old being left with a bloody cut on their thigh. 
Whoa. In Klagenfurt in Corinthia, the fire brigade complained that two of the firefighters were set upon and beaten by a group of Krampuses. While in Salzburg, last Sunday, police were called out to deal with a number of drunken devils in the city center. <laughs> a video, which I think this is the video that you were shown. Okay. A video of Thursday's Krampus run in Sturzing in South Tyrol, which is an Austrian city, but I think it also has an Italian side of that border. Okay. Shows spectators fleeing in panic as a group of devils start to beat and kick a person lying on the ground. Oh. Um, My God. In another region of t- Tyrol, three Krampuses set their costumes on fire and suffered burns after accidentally setting off a box of fireworks. Oh, damn. Um, according to Peter Weichfleiker, a historian of Austrian culture and customs, the spike in the number of complaints can be explained by how the cult of Krampus has evolved into a mass spectacle. Ooh. So now I'm beginning to get a little curious about, like, who, why is there a phenomenon of like these people dressed as Krampus, like not only being part of this big mass spectacle parade, but also like beating innocent bystanders? Yeah. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. So I've spent my drunk <laughs> afternoon <laughs> sifting through this like 30 page paper. This is a paper, it's written in 2018 by. Matthias Rest and Gertrude Caesar. Um, it's called The Krampus in Austria, a case of booming identity politics. So thank you, Matthias and Gertrude. Legends. It starts out explaining that there has been an unprecedented boom of Krampus related of related events mm-hmm. into in the 2000s since the early 2000s the number of troops and organized events has skyrocketed most of these can be termed invented traditions i'm sorry r- just completely took that out <laughs> and despite the regional differences all all of these parades around krampus involve young men dressing up in masks that invoke associations with devils or demons wearing long fur suits and roaming the streets scaring and attacking onlooker onlookers with their switches so that's like kind of switches their switches mean their switches are another term for like their birch okay whips (laughs) (laughs) um in austrian media krampus is often connected with sexualized violence alcoholism atavism do you know what atavism is no i had to look it up too okay it it means um like having to do with something innate and like natural quote-unquote for you innate is like part of your nature right yeah like relating to human nature yeah okay so um atavism and then rural backwardism low levels of education and right-wing natural nationalism right and this article aims to make sense of krampus as a quote multi-layered masculine youth culture that navigates between appropriation and boundary making with respect to custom and its custodians Which is basically a fancy way of saying, like, there's more to it than just, like, oh, these Krampus festivals have gotten out of hand. Like, there are kind of, like, subculture ties to, like, young white men who kind of feel a certain way about their country. And they they kind of get more into that later. So. (sighs) 
deep breath before the page turn. <laughs> I think there's a good quote in here that kind of sums it up well. The Krampus in Austria, therefore, is very male and very white. And while feminism, emancipation, and immigration have so far not substantially changed these characteristics, many Krampuses still feel that their practice is coming under threat from these developments. Therefore, the discourse around the history and origin of Krampus has developed into a highly politicized field, with the Krampus becoming one important element in the discussion surrounding white male identity politics. And something I found that there's kind of a relation between the quote war on Christmas in America and like the war on Krampus in Austria. So I mentioned this to you earlier today. You had no idea, I think, what the war on Christmas is. No. Right? So the war on... The war on Christmas is something that has happened recently in American media where like Starbucks will do something like change their holiday cups from a Santa or Christmas tree themed to maybe a more ambiguous holiday theme that is less having to do with Christian versions of Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then right-wing media outlets will... proclaim that there is a war on christmas yeah people don't want us celebrating christmas (laughs) they want to put a muzzle on us whatever yeah so there's kind of a similar like victim complex in austria Mm. where they're saying that like oh muslims don't want us doing krampus like there's a war on krampus almost oh i see okay yeah so it's kind of like this a similar thing in america but what's happening is it's more on focused towards like muslim and immigrant populations where they're saying like they don't want us you know having our own traditions you know it's kind of like a responsive threat to like a new immigrant population got you which i found very interesting so then the article goes more into this town of eastern tyrol okay yeah So this article goes into how throughout Austria, there are a bunch of cities and towns that have Krampus parades. But in the main towns, the Krampus parades, there's no sense of like security or like crowd control measures. So that's what's allowed it to get so fucking debaucherous. So we have a quote here. In Maitri, as in the three towns in the Gastein Valley, the Krampus groups roam the streets freely. There is no official parade, no boundaries, and no safe spaces. Whoever leaves their house on those early December nights knows they might encounter the Krampus. Oh my Can you God. imagine how terror? It's like the purge. <gasps> it's literally purge. It's literally the purge. That is full purge. In both regions, the custom is an important source of pride for local elites, the politicians, teachers, and amateur historians who strongly support it. Local museums showcase the custom and exhibit historical masks. Folklorists, the occasional anthropologists, are invited to Simopsia and to observe the custom. From an early age, children are socialized into the tradition. For example, 13-year-old teenagers told us that being hit with Krampus's switch results in fertility. 
By the time 16-year-old boys, supported by whole networks of relatives, establish new troops, they have already fully embodied the rules and interpretations. So in a lot of these towns, it's like you're almost encouraged to like be Krampus and like be in the parade. And it's like like i said like there's no official time for the parade like it's almost a given that this is just like going to happen Mm. and the poor itty bitty babies they know imagine you're just going out for your weekly shop and you get (laughs) krampus what the fuck you can't leave (sighs) your house it's so strange (gasps) to me and okay so this also goes into like the security measures so what the study did was this is a four-year-long study they followed like they went into towns and interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people you know who go to these parades who participate in them etc so they have a lot of knowledge on like these specific towns that they're in for the public parades we found in all our other field sites require a very different form of security management at these events questions of liability are much more pressing as here spectators and performers are more separated both socially and spatially many of the organizers ask performers to bring along friends to help as stewards and accompany the Krampuses during the parade. While for the very few large parades, professional security is hired. Recently, some organizers have started to hand out a number of badges in order to trace individual performers who misbehave. And many have clear regulations on which forms of switches are allowed. Sometimes Krampuses are prohibited from using any at all. So, like, in some areas, there is a bunch of security measures, and they're not even allowed to, like, bring switches. Right. And some, you know, it's, like, a complete free-for-all. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'd shit myself. (laughs) I would just literally never leave I would not go outside for that week. I have enough anxiety as it is. This would literally send me over the edge. Let me, there's just a photo in here. Figure four. Because it's like a research paper. Figure four. Two Krampuses simulating sexual activity. I guess they're just fucking. Let's see that. You can take a, a, a look at that. Two Krampuses. Oh, wow. Oh, they are in fact fucking. The red face is so scary. I know, really? It looks like a devil mask that has horns and then the rest of it's just hairy. This is truly terrifying. Is it a big Christian thing? So here's the thing is like, basically what they found is this in this study is that like people will assign to the Krampus tradition what they want. So like a lot of them are saying that it's a pagan tradition, mm. like with pre-Christian origins. Oh. But there's also like some obvious christian ties the most obvious one being that he accompanies saint nicholas on his little trips yeah so it's kind of like up in the air basically this article also goes into the role of women which i was found very interesting because a lot of the krampuses are like pretty much between the ages of 18 and 30 and they're all white men that's like yeah pretty standard where do women come in you ask quote Therefore, the only available role for women is a rather dull one of the angel. This does not mean that Krampus practice is possible without the invisible 
reproductive labor of women. They help their sons, boyfriends, husbands, and brothers to prepare the bags of sweets that the troops leave at all the houses and often do the last-minute mending of costumes. During the Krampus season, they keep the performers fed and hydrated, restock the baskets with sweets every few hours, and pick up the exhausted men after 10 hours of running and drinking to guide them safely to their beds. So don't worry about the Krampuses beating children no. in the streets. They have their wives to come tuck them in for yeah. a warm little soup in the dinner time. Oh my fucking god. What a wild It's really drawing tradition. ties to like white nationalism. It really is. Okay, getting into the last bit, only a little bit more. Let's go. Don't don't you even worry about it. I have in my I'm notes worried, no homo question mark. Oh. Participant observation showed that the main form of sexuality performed in this space was not so much extramarital heterosexual intercourse, but rather a very intense form of male bonding with strong homoerotic overtones. Oh. Especially during these boozy evenings, we observed a lot of physical and erotic interactions between the men. It often started with a verbal teasing, then moved on to tactile show fights, often ending in a tender and loving embrace. At the same time, as much as the troops' internal discourse constantly reaffirms their exclusion of women, they also strongly perform their antipathy to homosexuality, with someone or something being gay qualifying as the central or most frequent used derogatory term. So there's a lot of repressed gayness. This is I'm so repressed. Picking up on, yeah. yeah. Um, and that might lead to, or uh, relate to that photo of the Krampuses mounting each other. Final conclusion. Let's go. After hundreds of interviews, hundreds, <laughs> four years of research on oh Krampus, we are certain that the main allure in becoming Krampus for young white men in rural Austria today is indeed nostalgia for a form of unambiguous, confident, heteronormative masculinity in an ethnically homogenous society that is far from their everyday experience. For many young men, becoming Krampus is a way to, quote, stand their ground in these ongoing and emerging conflicts over resource allocation. Wow. It makes a lot of sense to me that the ability to kind of be in a mask and be like violent and like get out all of your rage rage without consequence would be kind of multiplying and getting bigger and bigger in Mm. the form of these mass parades yeah especially during during times of increased immigration and pushing pushes for women's rights in austria it would make a lot of sense to me big time that crampus i just can't believe that like Every year, there are multiple people who go to the ER in these fucking Christmas Krampus Day parades. Like, can you imagine just getting beaten the shit out of by a horned goat devil? It would not fly in the U.S. It would not (laughs) fly in the U.S. at fucking all. That is a fucking class action lawsuit in year one, and then they're they're like, never again. (laughs) I do not know much about Austria, really, or their politics, but... 
Now I know a bit about Crump. All I know is Vienna by Billy Joel. Vienna, I feel. I know. All I know is I'm going home and I'm watching Krampus. Is a movie? Yeah, I told you earlier with um oh. <laughs> with Adam Scott and Tony Collette. Oh, Tony. Yeah, I love Tony so much. God, this has been a this really been long marathon day for of us. <laughs> I'm almost questioning saving Christmas for last. I'm Same. just beat. I'm braver than the U.S. Marines. Oh. I'm so brave. She's so brave. This. I feel so brave. What are you going to do after this? Brush um, your teeth and get in bed. Yeah. And in case you guys couldn't tell, I should have maybe said this at the beginning, but I've just recovered from a nasty cold. So that's Me why too. I sound like I'm this. like still going through it. Yeah. It's rough. It's the same cold for sure. Whatever. <laughs> it's like a... It might be hit you harder. For me, it felt low-lying. Like, I was fighting it off, but, like, not mm. well. Yeah. It was pretty low-lying, but I think I... The tiredness really hit yeah. me on a couple of the days. And I literally could not do anything. We had to do it to them, though. Like, we literally had to record three episodes today. I am so proud of us. And also... The fact that they're going out in reverse order is not going to give, like, the full picture to people. But it's been a fucking crazy It's been, like, day. like seven hours of just, like, drinking and recording. <laughs> which is, like, really hard. <laughs> I really thought we would be, like, paralytic by the end. But I think I'm just, like, darty tired. And I, I'm just using yeah. the word darty because I think it's a fun word to use. Not that I go to loads of darties. It's like the hangover is setting in now. Yeah. Maybe we mistimed it all, but I had a great time, babe. No, and I, I would not have done it with anyone else. I don't regret a thing. What are you doing after this? God, I told Johnny that I would have... I told Johnny I would have food for him when he came back No, well, he work. knows that's not happening now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll probably try to make something like maybe chicken Alfredo. Oh, wow. But we don't have Alfredo. I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm gonna try to whip up some dinner. Should I order food? I'm gonna smoke f- hella weed. <laughs> Poly substance abuse <laughs> is where it's at. No, I think that's like necessary to like, stay with. Weed off is this. the only thing that can, yeah. Shall we plug? Hell yeah. We gotta do a copy paste plug because this is pretty. I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired. tired. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. Okay. Whip, whip. <laughs> <laughs> so slags that's the christmas roundup i appreciate ep. you thanks for being here if you made it to the end whatever you celebrate hope it's a good one stay safe enjoy substances responsibly if you have a fight at the dinner table with your family stand your ground stand your ground you're valid unless you're like have really bad views <laughs> you're not okay <laughs> well if you're not based then don't even <laughs> don't even cry about it if you would like to support us on patreon you are absolutely most welcome to do that that is patreon.com slash slag radio and you can also now find us on Spotify. Hell yeah. You can subscribe to us. I don't even know how it works, but you pay us $5. Same as Patreon. But now you can do it through the Spotify app. Yes, you can. 
And then if you also want to get social with us, you can hit us up at Slag Radio Pod on Instagram and at Slag Radio on TikTok. Yes. If you want to send us an email, please send us an email. I really want an email. I'm just begging for one fucking email. Like, we need more emails. We y'all. just need more emails. If if you're listening, I'm talking to you. Send us you an with email. The headphones. Send us your shitty date stories, your shitty sex stories, your good sex stories. Whatever it is, we want to hear sex. it. Like we will keep we'll it anonymous at your request. Whatever you want, you just lay it out in your little email, and I think it could be fucking great banter. And lastly, please leave us a rate and a review five stars only we love you we love you slags thanks for listening merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa and the others and all of the above bye bye love you